0: Okay, so the second Bible reading this morning is from Haggai chapter 1, 1 to 15. Following the Bibles or up on the screen. A call to build the house of the Lord. In the second year of King Darius, on the first day of the sixth month, the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai to Zerubbabel, son of Sheel I think that's correct, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, son of Jehoshaphat. Dak, the high priest. This is what the Lord Almighty says. These people say, the time has not yet come for the Lord's house to be built. Then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai Is it time for you yourselves to be living in your panelled houses while this house remains a ruin? Now, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. You have planted much but have harvested little. You eat but never have enough. You drink but you have never have your fill. You put on your clothes but are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways go up into the mountains and bring down timber and build the house so that i may take pleasure in it and be honored says the lord you expected much but see it turned out to be little what you brought home i blew away why declares the lord almighty because of my house which remains a ruin while each of you is busy with his own house. Therefore, because of you, the heavens have withheld their dew and the earth its crops. I called for a drought on the fields and the mountains and the grain, the new wine the oil and whatever the ground produces on men and cattle and on the labor of your hands. Then Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, Joshua of Johazadak, the high priest, and the whole remnant of the people obeyed the voice of the Lord their God, and the message of the prophet Haggai, because the Lord their God had sent him. And the people feared the Lord. Then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, gave this message of the Lord to the people, I am with you declares the Lord. So the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, son of Jehoshadak, the high priest, and the spirit of the whole remnant of the people. They came and began to work on the house of the Lord Almighty, their God, on the twenty-fourth day of the sixth month in the second year of King Darius. the
1: word of the Lord. Thank you uh, Trish for reading God's word to us this morning and friends uh, as we I want to encourage you to keep your Bibles open uh, to uh, this book uh, to this chapter as we work our way through our text this morning. Well let's first pray. Father we thank you for your word we pray you speak to us Lord through your word that you encourage us this morning in Jesus name. Amen well friends this morning uh, we continue our series in the book of Haggai last week we started the, the first uh, message on this book and today we're gonna to look at the second aspect here in this chapter of the book as I said last week is set around 520 BC which was a momentous time for the Israelites God was speaking to them through a prophet for the first time since they returned from the babylonian exile imagine that god is now speaking to them and the primary theme of the book of Haggai is the rebuilding of god's temple if i was to give a sermon series title we might say it as god's building project god's building project the temple its the rebuilding of the temple which had been lying in ruins since its destruction by King Nebuchadnezzar in 586 BC let me very quickly recap what we've seen and we will get straight into the text which is by the way Haggai chapter 1 12 to 15 the Lord had prophesied friends to Israel through Moses that when they abandoned him that he would bring discipline upon them through other nations as promised he used the Assyrians in the 8th century BC to bring judgment and discipline upon his people. After the Assyrians, God raised up another nation that defeated the Assyrians, and that nation was the Babylonian nation. They were fierce warriors under a relentless king by the name Nebuchadnezzar. You come across his name? Come across his name in the book of Daniel, right? He made three invasions. of the the two southern tribes he invaded them in 605 BC 597 BC and 586 BC and we really don't know how many people he took away into exile but when he first came he took away some of the young Jewish men the cream of the society young men people like Daniel Shadrach Meshach and Abednego in 605 BC They were probably from the tribe of Judah. And then he came back and he took more taxes from the people. And he began to bring warfare directly into the streets of Jerusalem. And then in 586 BC, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon dealt a severe blow to the worship of God, of the God of Israel. He went for what was known as the pride of the tribes of Israel, which was the temple itself that stood by the hand of God, being built in the days of Solomon for over 400 years. But this temple now lay in waste, and all its furnishings had been taken back to Babylon. Can you imagine that? The temple of God, where He met with His people, and worship was taking place, is gone. And about 50 years later comes Cyrus the Persian. He comes along. In fact, uh, the prophet Jeremiah said in Jeremiah 25 says that the hand of God's judgment is simply for a time upon the Babylon upon this nation, and the Babylonians will be used by by God. But God will take the nation he has used to deal with his people and raise up another nation to bring judgment upon the Babylonians and so this is what took place about 50 years later Cyrus the Persian comes along and he defeated the great Babylonian Empire and he brought the Babylonian Empire to an end and then something remarkable took place Cyrus issued that famous decree To let the people of God the exiles leave Babylon and go back to Jerusalem and to rebuild the temple this is Cyrus the pagan king in the first year of Cyrus king of Persia that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled remember this prophecy been fulfilled the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus king of Persia so that he made a proclamation throughout all his Kingdom and also put it in writing. You can read of this in Ezra chapter 1. A sovereign work of God. And so in 538 BC, Cyrus the Persian, a pagan king, issued a decree to allow Israel to return from Babylon to their homeland under the leadership of Zerubbabel. Got that name? Son of Sheatiel, right? Or you can pronounce it anyway and and the spiritual guidance of Joshua who was the high priest so we had this this governor and the high priest and the people are returning back to Jerusalem with an express purpose of rebuilding the temple because once again they want to be engaging in the whole aspect of the worship of the living God and so as we noted last week about 50,000 Jews returned from exile with the express purpose of building this temple and this was during the time of Darius who was king and so in 536 BC they began to rebuild the temple Ezra uh, chapter 3 you can see that and they started off well you see friends it is easy to start well right it's easy it's like when you go for a race I'm sure most of us have done some kind of running at some stage in your lives right maybe you participated in a school race I have I didn't do so well right it's always good you put all the energy and it's not like Usain Bolt right that guy was here in Melbourne his style is just weird anyway it doesn't matter the point is you go running right and you start hard and by the time you come to an end if you put all your energy at the start not much left in the tank afterwards (laughs) and you were huffing and puffing the idea is to finish well even though you might not run the race fully and become the first or the second or the third to finish well see they started off well but as time went on they began to slack and they began to focus on their own houses and God's house and temple building was secondary to them what was here a problem was not just the building of the temple but it was a spiritual problem don't you see it because god the living god has no longer been the priority in their lives and so god says to these people consider your ways stop and think consider how you're living consider what you're doing consider my glory Consider where I stand in the priorities of your life. And the people just went away, and you see there was judgment and so forth. So this morning, just three things in the, in the passage, which is 11 to 15, sorry, 12 to 15. We see three things. The repentance, the reminder, and the renewal. Three, three hours there, it's, I hope it's all right, so you get the, the repentance, the reminder, and the Renewal, if I was, I was tempted to put another R there, which is number four, but it's not the result, because you'll see a result that takes place as well. You might want to add that uh, other point. But here we see, friends, the repentance. Look at verse 12. Then, look at verse 12 in your Bibles. Then Zerubbabel the son of Sheetal, and Joshua, the son of Zadok, the high priest, with all the remnant of the people of God, obeyed the voice of God voice of the Lord their God and the words of Haggai the prophet as the Lord their God had sent him and the people feared the Lord see who is Zerubbabel? well we don't we don't know too much about him but we do know that he was the son of Seattle he was the governor of Judah he was the grandson of King Joi king in 1 Chronicles chapter 3 and Zeozadak was the high priest and the remnant who are the remnant when we think about this word "remnant," we always think about the faithful ones, right? We think about the remnant. We're always there. We're always busy. We're always working. We're always put their faith and trust in the living God. The remnant faithful. What happens to them? Look at the text, friends. They heard. They heard the voice of God. They listened to His word. As brought through by the prophet Haggai. And they came under conviction of God's word. And things began to take shape. We see a repentance that's going on here. Why do I say that there is a repentance? Let me come to that in a moment. But think about the word of God. What do we think about this word, friends? For example, in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12. For the Word of God is. What is it? Your turn, come on, let's say it. It is living, active, sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing to the division of the soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. That's the Word of God. And this is why, for example, when the church gathers on the lord's day you see today we've gotten perhaps that sundays are the lord's day is that, that does that resonate or is it just another day every day is a blessing but the sundays are the lord's days friends and that is why when for example when the church gathers on the lord's day for corporate worship one aspect of that is the preaching of god's word it'll be so easy for preachers to just come up without any preparation say a nice story about what happened how was the weather past week uh, what do you think of Usain Bolt coming into the city what do you think of Melbourne City we can come up and say lots of things here right what about the cricket did you watch that I mean we thought that Australia would actually win that first test right the way things went if you're following the cricket it doesn't matter I love the cricket you know that but things have changed we preach God's word this is the word of God and I want to encourage you brothers and sisters in Christ to pray for this church that this church here at St. Stephen's by the grace of God will always be a church that is word driven this is above the preacher right this is above the leaders this is above how we do church we don't do church our way we do church whose way Uh uh-huh god's way there might be so many ministry strategies and everything else which is all good by the way i'm not putting down any of those things ultimately for me as a pastor for me as a minister i keep preaching this word and trusting the lord to do his work in his church I mean follow his word you see friends these people they heard the word for the word of god we hear the, through the for through the word of god we hear the voice of god speak to us and so i want to encourage you as brothers and sisters in christ as moms and dads here read the word with your children right you get a children's bible if they are little kids i remember reading those uh, the kids Bible all the pictures there and was great fun right you read it with the kids you learn things there as a family open God's Word read it as husbands and wives pray together as an individual read God's Word let the Word of God saturate us so that you will be a Bible believing God honoring by the grace of God a word driven Christian correct You pray for this church that it will be a God, God's word driven church. Because if we lose this, friends, from the pulpit, we are lost. Do you agree? And that is why in the Presbyterian church, if there is a senior minister in a congregation, he and he alone is responsible for anyone who preaches from this pulpit. That's how the Presbyterian Church government has been structured, so that if there is anything that goes wrong in the worship service or in the preaching of God's word, the minister is held responsible because it is his duty to see that everything is done in proper order, including the preaching of God's word. So you can pray for our ministers, for your ministers. Sorry, your ministers. <laughs> right notice these people what they did friends two things happened here notice that the people turned to God and there were two things that resulted as they came under the power and conviction of his word one they obeyed the word and secondly they feared the Lord now friends you and I have problems I think sometimes when it comes to obedience right is it easy to obey I know I didn't easily as a kid I it's already built. rebel. Who wants to obey? You go on the road and it's 60 k- k's per, per hour and you hit the accelerator and it goes 70. You think, oh, that's great. I'll hit it a bit more. And then suddenly you realize there's a car standing there with the camera. And boom. You try and hit, hit the brakes, but it's too late then, right? <laughs> it's too late. He's already got the, the thing and the, the, the thing will come in the mail for you. By nature, we don't want to obey. Do kids want to obey easily as parents here? Do they obey you? I'll tell you once, tell you twice, tell you three times, fourth time, poof. no, you can't do that either. You can't smack now, so I don't know what you do. So the point is we don't want to obey, right? And so it's obedience is a hard thing. It's not that easy to obey because by nature we don't want to do it. You see, but when we come under the conviction of God's word, he shapes our character. He shapes our thinking. He shapes my decision making. He he, he does the shaping that goes on inside. And my duty and my responsibility to this God is to first and foremost obey Him. He is my God, correct? I need to obey the voice of God in his word how i live what i do with my life how i live as a husband how i live as a father how i live as a for a single person as a young person in school as a single woman a single man whatever you may be what governs your life is the word your first and my first priority say lord am i obeying your word first That's the point friends because in obedience there is blessing <laughs> in obedience there is blessing because God recognizes the obedience that we have for him and then notice what happens here they feared the Lord and then we see that they feared the Lord this word could be translated from the Hebrew the, the, the text could be translated as this the people feared before the Lord commentators are of the view that this fear is not a reverential fear of God though that is also important but rather it is an expression of their holy fear of the Lord it is the fear of the wrath of God and let me pause there friends for a moment do we actually give a reverential fear for God do we miss that do we miss the sense of the reverence of God It's almost like he's my buddy. The, in one sense, he's a father, and that is great. But in another sense, he's totally the other, right? He's God. And there's a reverential fear. But look at what we see here, friends. These, these people, they feared, in, in one sense, the wrath of God. They had just witnessed God's judgment and discipline on them. Look at Haggai chapter 1, verse 11 look at that text friends and i called this is and i have called for a drought on the land and the hills on the grain and the new wine the oil and uh, on what the ground brings forth on man and beast and on all their labors god has caused a judgment and they know now what it means to fear god because he will just blow it away i said that last week right so that's the fear secondly we see the reminder here in verse 13 Never look at your text then Haggai the messenger of the Lord spoke to the people with the Lord's message what's the word what are the words there in verse 13 the last few words there in verse 13 I am with you right declares the Lord who is with you friends Who is with you? Who is with us? God. We have a memory text this this month. It's a a great memory text. Is it not Joshua chapter 1 verse verse 9? Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. That's the point, friends, here. See, what a reminder to these people as they work on God's building project to rebuild the temple. God says to them, and he reminds them, and he says, I am with you. You are on my team, and I am with you. And together, we are on team ministry. Together, we are on partnership because God and the people are at work. God is working through his word, pre, uh, through the prophet Haggai. The people now are coming uh, uh, and is reminding them that he is with them. And God is working in their hearts. I am with you. Friends, what a joy that is, isn't it? The fact is, sometimes we can forget this reality as the church. We serve him in a world that is so anti-Christian. What is going on, friends? Are you not concerned? The church is being marginalized. If you're a Christian in the workplace, you'll probably be marginalized. If you're a young Christian in your school, perhaps, or in your university, or if you're an older person playing lawn bowls, I'm not saying that everyone has to play lawn bowls, I'm not saying that. One of my friends the other day. <laughs> He's a colleague in ministry. He said, Chris, do you want to join the Lawn Bowls Club with me? I said, what? You want me to come now? I said, wherever you are, on the golf course maybe, while you're swinging. That's a great, uh, it doesn't work that way always. While you're sw- swinging the, the, the golf club, where are we having your conversations, it might be hard as you move with your non-Christian friends, but remember, remember this i am with you god says everyone else may not be around you but i am with you and so to these people and to the church it says i am with you And let me give you a reference friends about this isaiah chapter 41 8 to 10 but you israel my servant jacob whom i have chosen the offspring of abraham my king you whom i took from the ends of the earth and called from its furthest corners saying to you you are my servant I have chosen you and not cast you off fear not why I am with you be not dismayed for I am your God I will strengthen you I will help you I will uphold you with my righteous right hand five things friends in that just that text do not fear I am with you. Do not be dismayed. I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you. Isn't that great? Do you believe that this morning? Do you? Do we as a church believe this? Remember this, friends. As the church goes out into this world, what an assurance, what a comfort that the living God is with us and the temple and the, peop- uh, sorry, the people needed to be reminded that as they got on with rebuilding the temple, that they were not alone. That's at that level. But what about the personal level in our own lives? There are moments, I think, when we feel discouraged, right? Times when we feel down. Times when we feel despondent. Remember, he is with you as you and i put our faith and our trust in the living god he is with you and that for me friends is one of the greatest assurance one of the greatest comforts for me i can tell you that sincerely i say to the lord i tr- am trusting you lord i am putting my faith and my trust in you and as your pastor i, I plead before him every day i can tell you that sincerely For God's work to be blessed and honored in this church as one family in Christ. That's my prayer. And I am with you, God says. And that is sufficient. That is sufficient. So friends, I am with you these people needed to be reminded he was with them and he is with us as I mentioned last week we are not building a temple here on earth the Old Testament temple pointed to something beyond the temple 1 Peter which uh, we read for us this morning says this as you come to him a living stone rejected by men but in the sight of God chosen and precious you yourselves like living stones are being built up as a spiritual house that's us friends as christians grow so also the church john calvin put it this way when god dwells in each of us it is his will that we should embrace all in holy unity and that thus he should form one temple out of many each person when viewed separately is a temple this is this is important okay what he's saying here but when joined to others become a stone of a temple you see the church, the unity of the church is in its oneness of nature and character. We are one church here meeting for the purpose of his glory. So friends, the renewal, let me keep going quickly. We see the renewal that is in, in, in the passage here as well. Look at verse 14. And the Lord stirred up the spirit of Jeruz- zerubbabel the son of Sheathiel governor of Judah and the spirit of Joshua the son of Zeozadek, the high priest and they came and they worked on the house of the Lord of hosts, their God and in verse 15 on the 24th day of the month in the sixth month in the second year of Darius the king notice that the Lord stirred up the people this was God's stirring up you know sometimes we need to be stirred up right we need the encouragement we need the boost to be stirred and who stirs us up friends for god's work and ministry it is the spirit of god god stirred their hearts god gave them the motivation god intervened god gave them the spiritual renewal god does that work from inside do you let are you letting god stir your heart your spirit so that you're moved By the living God? Or are you saying, God, no. I shut the door to you, Lord. I want to do it my way. It's not, I don't want your way, but it's my way. And God says, I want to stir you. Let me stir up your spirit. Because when he does that, friends, the sky is the limit for service. Because you won't be saying, not me. You'll be saying, Lord, use me. All right? Because he stirs your heart. He uses his word. He uses his spirit. He uses his people. But primarily he uses his spirit. To stir his people. Not by might. Nor by power. The prophet Zechariah said that right. But by my spirit. Says the Lord. This church can't be built by my plans or john's plans or the sessions plans we can have plans they're all good things don't get me wrong very important to have strategies and all of that but in the end friends who must stir our hearts the lord so let's pray that god will stir our hearts and then he says the lord of force you see the lord of force friends is is an interesting term it's a uh, it conveys the idea that the Lord of hosts is a military word. It conveys the thought of God as the leader of Israel's armies. Then look at, look at 1 Samuel 17. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. The God of the armies of Israel. That's the Lord. Look at, uh, one, uh, at Psalm 24 verse 10. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory and we will wind up now to just highlight a few things on this glory this god let me say a few things about this god creates for his glory i have notes here if you want to get a copy of that you can always ask me god creates for his glory god elects his people for his glory jeremiah 13 the first one was isaiah 43 god saves them from egypt for his glory psalm 106 god restrains his anger in exile for his glory isaiah 48 god sends christ to earth for his glory and then we see here uh, the exact date that is mentioned 21st day day of september that's the calculation a previous date was 29th august at the beginning of the letter within three weeks three and a half weeks perhaps the people came and worked together because god was at work and the people friends this morning the church exists for his glory and Jesus says to us something I am with you as you get on with your work where does that come from anyone the great Commission I am with you and so the Lord of hosts is the one that deserves glory in conclusion brothers and sisters friends in Christ we see a partnership here that is an amazing partnership. God and the people. God and the people at work. That's the sermon message titled this morning. Working together. They repented when they heard God's word. They were reminded of his presence. I am with you. And they were renewed by God. He stirred up their spirit. And the result of this was the people responded as God was at work in their lives. They came together and they worked. And so for us today, brothers, friends in Christ, we work together. Not to build a temple, not to build a building. Though we give thanks to God for this wonderful building. But to build and be part of God's spiritual house. How are you building today? How are you building? Think about that. Let's close father thank you for your word Uh, we pray lord that uh, you would help us to repent where we need to help us to be reminded as a church family that you are with us help us to trust you implicitly for the work of the gospel in our lives and in this church and father we pray that you will renew us that you will stir our spirits For a love and a desire to honor and to obey and to serve the living God. The God who has loved us. The God who sent his son to die for us. So that today we go out with the assurance of the words of Jesus. I am with you until the end of the age. In his name. Amen.